Hi, I'm Chelsea, the Christian Nutritionist. Welcome to the Christian Health Club podcast. We are here to fire you up in spirit, mind, and body so that you can get out into the world and be everything God created you to be. Welcome to the club. Here we go. Hello, my friend. Welcome back to the club. How are you today? I'm doing well. I'm back from Jesus camp and just trying to get caught up on everything. You know how it is when you go out of town. It's kind of like um, hair on fire before you go, uh, hair on fire when you get back. (laughs) The time that you're there on your vacation or whatever you're doing in the in-between is just wonderful and blissful, but the time leading up to it is a a little stressful. And then when you get back, there's just so much to catch up on and such. And so that's where I've been this week, um, just playing catch up. And before I went, um, it was just kind of crazy because I always try to, um, you know, get as much done and prepared for my family before I go. So I always make a bunch of meals for them to have ready so that my husband is just not scrambling um, to figure out what to to feed everybody. You know, when, when that's not your your normal duty in the household, you know, it's just a lot to throw at him. He's already, you know, had to juggle all the schedules and the pickup and the drop off and all the things that he's not used to doing because he's, you know, usually at the ranch working and such. And and that's what I'm doing. And so I figure at least if I can get the meals all prepared, that's one less thing that he has to deal with. And let's be honest, I mean, I, I want him to want me to go, right? I want him to have a nice, um, an easy experience here as much as you can with the three kids and all the schedule um, so that when I want to go again every year to Jesus camp, he's like, yes, dear, just go for it. So that is my uh, selfish plan, actually, by making all the food. But let's see, what did I leave for them? I do more casserole things when uh, I prepare food like that. It's just easier. You know, we, we don't eat a lot of casserole things um, often, um, but... Let's see, what did I make? I made a lasagna. I made enchiladas. I made a, a couple meatloafs and mashed potatoes. Um, I made a huge batch of, kind of cooked up a big batch of taco meat so they could make tacos or nachos or burritos. Um, I made some breakfast tacos. I made egg salad. And, you know, I always leave all these lists. Lists of the food. This is that. This is when you pick everybody up. I'm just, you know, have lists hanging everywhere. And so that's what I made. And and they were very grateful to have all the food ready to go. And um, that all went very well. Um, I know that I think I've referenced Jesus Camp here before, kind of told you about it. I think I've told you the story of how it all went down, but uh, I'm going to share it again because I think it's a good one. And for those of you ha- who have not heard it, um, it's just such a God thing how it all came together. Um, sometimes I feel like an old grandma that can't remember the story she's told y'all. So <laughs> forgive me if I tell stories over and over here. Um, I do forget like who I've told what because I just talk to y'all like I talk to my friends, you know, and I tell my friends all my things and sometimes I forget 
which friend I've told what. But anyway, the way that um, Jesus Camp kind of came together and the opportunity for me to get to go um, was that I, um, one day out of the blue, about six or seven years ago, I got an email uh, from a woman named Darcy and um, she said, I'm having a retreat in Nantucket and Nantucket is off the island. It's an island just kind of right off Massachusetts. It's a part of Massachusetts. I'm having this retreat on Nantucket, you know, for Christian women. And I really want somebody to come speak on health. I searched Christian nutritionist. Your website came up and I love it. And will you please um, come here and speak about nutrition? And I'm reading this email like, what? What? (laughs) I can't fly to Nantucket. I don't know. I don't know you. I don't know these people. I have three little kids. There's no way I this can happen. It, you know, but my husband was like, go, oh, no, you should. You should do it. What a cool opportunity. And so bless him for that. But, you know, she never would have found me had I not been obedient to the calling that I felt God calling me to call myself the Christian nutritionist. I've shared with you how resistant I was to that, like, no, God, not me. Um, I can't do that. Um, but I did. And this is just one of the many, many blessings that has come from that. Um, going to Jesus camp, meeting these women, having the experience of it, the, my personal spiritual growth um, that has come from doing this. Um, like I said, I've been going six or seven years now. I guess I haven't gone since starting the podcast I don't think because a couple years ago, um, there was a weather problem. It's like trains, planes, and automobiles for me to get from West Texas to uh, Nantucket. But um, a couple years ago, I made it all the way to Boston, and then a hurricane came in, and I could not get to the island. It's like this short little flight or ferry ride from uh, Boston over to the island, and I couldn't get there because of the weather. So I spent the night in Boston and I got up the next morning and I flew back home. And that was a huge bummer. And then, of course, we've had COVID since then. And so uh, we didn't have it because of that. But other than that, I've been going um, once a year, a couple of years, I've gone twice. And it's this wonderful experience where women come together and we have speakers and, um, you know, the food is incredible. And the views are incredible, and Darcy is incredibly generous, and um, you just kind of have to get yourself there, get your transportation there, and then once you get there, everything's covered. Uh, you know, you get to stay in a beautiful place. The food is provided. Um, the the speakers, whoever might be speaking, you know, you you get all of this wonderful things, and there's always some cool swag like. Jesus Camp shirts and mugs and books and stuff like that. And it's just a huge blessing. And so this year was no different. And so I thought it would be great to just kind of take you with me a little bit into Jesus Camp and what that was like and share some things um, that I learned um, just kind of personally and both from the other women and that were there and, and the lessons in general that we learned. For me, this time was different because I went into Jesus camp with my, uh, you know, my little carnivorous um, experiment that I'm doing here. 
And one of the wonderful things that I usually love about Jesus Camp is the food. It is amazing, you know, to get to go there and just have all of this wonderful food already planned and thought out and prepared for you. What a treat for, you know, a mom who is used to cooking and are preparing three meals a day every day, you know, and it's one of the things that I love and the food is always amazing. You know, there's always these beautiful like cheese and fruit platters and beautiful salads and really good soups and, um, you know, usually some kind of meat or like a baked fish, you know, being up there on the coast. Um, we have fish a lot. There's roasted vegetables. There's, you know, bread and all these gluten-free desserts like brownies and ice cream and cobbler and macaroons. And, you know, there's just so many delicious things that I love. And girl, I usually indulge in every bit of it. I'm like, bring it on. You know, it's just part of that experience for me of going going away and, and retreating and, and indulging in this delicious, and, and most of it's really healthy, right? She That's part of it is she wants um, it to be healthy as well. But, you know, there's some indulgence there with the desserts and such. But not this time, friend. <laughs> not this time for this girl right here. And it was kind of hard. Um, you know, it was... It was very different for me. And I have to admit, you know, just sitting there and for a lot of it, because it's these beautiful salads and, you know, roasted Brussels sprouts and, you know, these vegetables. And I'm looking at my Jesus Camp sisters piling their plates with this wonderful, healthy food. And I'm just like palm to forehead. I'm like, what am I doing? You know, (laughs) I'm not eating vegetables. What am I doing? This is so crazy. Um, you know, I have those thoughts a lot and I just kind of have to remind myself again, you know, last week's podcast, there are reasons, you know, to simplify the diet, take out some of these plant foods for a while. And I just have to keep reminding myself, reminding myself, um, you know, but as I sat there through these meals with my, you know, my meat and my fish and my fruit, <laughs> um, I focused on the conversation You know, I focused on getting to know these amazing women of God and their stories. I focused on fellowship and not the food. And it just, it, this took me to a new discipline and a new awareness and, uh, about myself. And, you know, I didn't die from it. (laughs) I didn't die by not eating all the delicious food there. Um, and so it really was a growth experience for me in that way. You know, it made me think about um, that life coach that I talk talk about sometimes here, Brooke Castillo. Um, I remember her speaking to this when she talked about changing her diet and quitting drinking. You know, she just, she is a Chardonnay girl like, like me. And uh, she just quit drinking. And um, she was talking in one of her podcast episodes about, you know, it's always hardest in the social situations. And it's one thing to stay disciplined at home, but it's much more challenging when we're out, right? And so for her, I remember her saying she had to really focus on all the things that she loved about going out to eat or getting together with friends or spending the holidays with people that wasn't about the food or the alcohol. You know, because so many of us let that be the focus and the center point and the thing that we look forward to the most you know, is the food. Um, And there's nothing wrong with going in and enjoying the food and looking forward to that. 
You know, it's very natural to come together around food, to come together around a table and enjoy that together. You know, I loved the conversation I had with Isela Krieglinger. Um, if you remember the podcast we did about wine, you know, wine and food and lingering around the table and being together. And I absolutely adore that. You know, food can really bring people together and that's a beautiful thing. But when it comes down to it, it's not its not really about what's on the table. It's about who's around the table. Um, and I also talked in that podcast I did with Pastor Doug Wilson. We talked about the same thing. But, um, you know, fellowship can, t- can happen around a bowl of chips or a fancy steak dinner. Um, but food can distract us from that fellowship. You know, it can, it can, again, when it's the over-focus, it can take up so much of that brain space that could be put forth to the other, the other things to appreciate about the situation. For instance, a typical brain scenario around mealtime when I go to Jesus camp is something like this. Okay, here's what's going on in my brain. I'm like, ooh, I love cheese. I want more cheese. I shouldn't have more of this cheese. Kind of, I had too much cheese. Should I have bread with my chili? I don't know. I want it, but I also want that brownie and ice cream later. Gosh, but that could do me in. If I eat all of that, man, it's going to clog me up. But it's all gluten-free. And how often do I get to have a delicious dinner served to me like this when it's gluten-free? Okay, (laughs) so that's a little peek into the running dialogue of my brain. Um, I've been letting y'all into my brain a lot lately. It's kind of embarrassing, but uh, I think a lot of us do this. So I'm hoping you find it helpful and not horrific or pathetic. Um, but this time, you know, I had none of that. It was so interesting. You know, I would just get my little bowl of meat and avocado. Um, and yes, y'all, I don't know if you saw on social media, but, um, I shared this, that I, I took meat with me to Nantucket. Um, my husband, before we left, so I did all this cooking for, you know, my family, but my husband had also done all this cooking. He had made this humongous batch, uh, just racks and racks of sh- uh, our grass fed short ribs and he had smoked them. Oh my gosh. It's just like finger licking good. They're so delicious. And so I, um, I took some of those, I kind of peeled all the, the rib meat, rib meat off the, the bone and, uh, froze it. And then I packed it in my suitcase and took it to Nantucket. Yes, I did, girl. Yes, I did. I flew with frozen meat in my suitcase. And I'm going to blame my mom on this one. Um, I got the idea from her because one time she made a bunch of casseroles and froze them and put them in her suitcase and flew to New York with them to see her sister. Um, so because she just, she was going up there to take care of her sister after some surgery or something. And she just wanted to have all the cooking out of the way. And so she did that. (laughs) So, uh, sometimes the apple does not far from fall far from the tree. And, um, that is all her fault that I got that idea. So yes, I sat there at the table, you know, with my little bowl of meat and avocado and fruit pretty much at every meal. And yes, I looked around at everyone else's plate with a little longing, a little salivating, but there was none of that dialogue or negotiating happening, happening in my brain, you know, when I was either serving my food or sitting at the table with my food, because, you know, you have kind of all that dialogue when you're when you might be in a situation like that and and you're all this this chatter in your brain about what you're going to get and all that and then when you're eating your food your mind kind of does the same thing it's like I'm 
you know, am I going to go back for more? I kind of want more. Or, you know, I want dessert. I'm going to go back, go for dessert. You know, you're kind of already thinking that when you're sitting there eating. Um, and I didn't have that. That was just like zoop, removed from my brain because it wasn't a possibility. And so there was this space in my brain, this extra space that had to and kind of it wanted to look for something else to focus on. And that happened to be the people in front of me. They got more of me. You know, I was much more engaged because more of my brain was there. And going back to, you know, what I was saying about Brooke Castillo, I remember her talking about being intentional on focusing on what, you know, what else do I enjoy here about this circumstance that has nothing to do with the food and the drink or, you know, FOMO about the food and drink, you know, fear of missing out of this food and drink. And so she would just talk about how she would really just soak up the, um, appreciation about the space that she was in, the decor of the beautiful restaurant, the twinkling lights, the lovely table settings, you know, watching all the people and their interactions and reveling in the conversations she was having and just being, enjoying being with the people she loves, you know, and that's what I found myself doing and focusing on were the people, you know, the beautiful surroundings that I, I was in. I mean, this the house in Nantucket is just amazing. It's beautiful. And, um, Everything is just so peaceful and calming and the view outside is lovely. And there's just so much to appreciate about the gathering aside from the food. And it's not like I didn't enjoy my food. I mean, I really like the food that I'm eating. The hardest part is the lack of variety. But, you know, what I eat, I I love. It's delicious and it's tasty. So, you know, there's that. Um, You know, one thing that we talked about a lot at Jesus Camp was appetite, not physical appetite, but spiritual appetite. You know, how hungry are we to know Jesus, to get into the word, to grow in our faith? Because when there's no appetite, there's no growth. You know, if you told the doctor that your baby or your child um, had no appetite and didn't want to eat, the doctor would be worried, right? As a parent, you would also be worried. Well, I mean, it's the same with our father, our healer. He is worried when we have no appetite for him, for his son, for his word. And our spiritual growth is stunted by lack of interest in consuming all that God has for us. You know, we become spiritually malnourished. And the truth is, y'all, just like a body is not satisfied without physical nutrition, Our souls are not satisfied without spiritual nutrition. And when your body does not get the nutrients it needs, you'll stay hungry and keep searching for more food. You know, this is one of the biggest reasons that we have cravings is because um, when our body doesn't get the vitamins and the minerals and the amino acids and the fatty acids that it needs, it will send you out for more. You know, you can be full, but you can still be hungry. Does that make sense? You might be full, your belly might be full of Doritos or whatever it is. You might have had a bunch of food, but if it didn't have nutrition in it, your body is not satisfied. It did not get the nutrients that it needs. You know, and it's the same with your soul. When your soul does not get the nutrients it needs, you will stay hungry and keep searching for more. And sadly, we often, you know, fill our bodies junky food and we and we tend to fill our souls with junky you know, worldly 
quote unquote type food. You know, we try to fill that void, that longing, that that need, that craving in our soul. We try to fill it with other things. You know, maybe it's maybe it is food. You know, we emotionally overeat. Um, maybe it's shopping. Maybe it's alcohol, drugs. Maybe it's you know m- money that career achievement, you know, over-exercising. I mean, it can be anything. You can try to fill that hole in your soul with anything, you know, but what, what it needs is Jesus. You know, it's like we try to fill that discontentment with stuff that's not going to cut it, you know, and just filling it with junk. And just like it ruins your physical appetite when you've filled up on junk, it ruins your spiritual appetite too. You know, we've got to make room for that healthy stuff and start feeding ourselves with the goodness of God's word. Now, we had a really wonderful speaker um, at Jesus Camp. Um, her name is Susan Heck. She is a women's Bible teacher, and um, she's married to a pastor in Oklahoma. She's got a bunch of uh, wonderful books, um, Bible study books, and um, you can find her online and such. And, but she was our speaker the whole time, and she was awesome. She has the entire New Testament memorized. Memorized. Oh, I'm like, what? I mean, it's amazing. And she really encouraged us to try to get into some memorization, you know, to really get God's word on our heart and in our minds so it stands at the ready to guide us in our daily lives. You know, get rid of the junky thoughts the junk food of the mind, the idle thoughts that tend toward worry and fear and complaining and overwhelm, and to renew our minds as we are called to do with God's word and give our brains this spiritual nutrition. You know, she made the point, um, it's kind of interesting that a lot of us rely too much on indirect sources for our spiritual nutrition. You know, the the prepackaged food, so to speak, of our pastors and our devotionals and other books. And those are great resources, but it's not quite the same as opening your Bible and letting the Holy Spirit work in you to connect with his word directly. You know, we can't rely on the supplements. You know, it's like kind of eating the supplement, taking the supplements, but not eating the healthy food. Um, Listening to our pastors, going to church, reading devotionals and these books, all that's great. But those are the supplements when the real food, the real meat is getting into the word, into our Bibles. And she really drove home the fact that, you know, once we know the word, which we've, you know, got to get in there um, and to know the word, then we've got to do the word, you know, and we really talked a lot about James one twenty two that says, be doers of the word and not hearers only, or you're just deceiving yourself. And it's, you know, it's the same way, like with our changing our diet, you know, because the rubber meets the road when you go from knowing to doing. You can read all the books. You can pin all the pens on Pinterest. You can write out your goals. You can sign up for the program or, you know, sign up for the gym membership or talk about it all day long. But that doesn't get the job done. The knowledge doesn't change your body. The action does. A lot of us know what to do when it comes to health. We just don't do it, right? Um, It can feel hard and overwhelming, but it's applying the knowledge that gets us results. You know, it's the very same in our spiritual lives. Knowledge doesn't bear fruit if it stays in your brain. 
But, you know, it's just like changing a diet. Applying God's word can feel hard and overwhelming. You know, think of the things that we're called to do. Tame our tongue. Offer forgiveness. Love our our enemies. You know, give without expecting. Just the applications, those applications in life are what make the difference. They can be so hard to do. But they bear fruit. You know, they create a difference. Different results in the world. It's bringing kingdom life to earth. You know, James also said, um, faith without action is dead. You know, our Christian walk is about changing into a person who better reflects Christ in the world. And we can never be perfect, but we can improve. And Susan said something that really made me think. Well, she said a lot of things that made me think. But she said, the person you are five years from now should intimidate you. And I was like, whoa, that sent a shiver of kind of fear and excitement down my spine. You know, in other words, the person you are five years from now should have grown in such a way that feels a little impossible to you at this point in your life. And that just sent this flood of possibilities in my brain. You know, I think a lot of us have been asked, where do you see yourself in five years? Or where do you want to be five years from now? And I'm always like, girl, I can hardly keep up with what I'm doing tomorrow, much less five years from now. But for whatever reason, hearing Susan phrase it this way helped me form a better glimpse into that. Because immediately for me, it conjured up all the things, all the fears, all the obstacles that could get in the way of me being the person I want to be in five years. You know, I think somewhere deep inside of there, I know that kind of person I want to be. But also subconsciously, I know all of the barriers and the obstacles in that way. And so that would, that's what prevents me from, you know, from like, where do you want to be in five years? I don't know. <laughs> it's hard to say. I just subconsciously think we have all these barriers in our way. You know, what is between who we are now and the person at that point? Right? If five years from now... I'm walking a more Christian life, that's going to take a lot of work between now and then. And it might leave some things that I don't want to let go of right now, you know, uh, like people and habits and things like that, like in my wake. And this is just such a good concept to break down and consider on many levels in our lives, you know, in our health. The person that you are five years from now should intimidate you in our work. The person you are five years from now should intimidate you in our personal relationships. The person you are five years from now should intimidate you because that means there was an incredible amount of growth that right now in the present feels super scary and impossible. Think back to where you were five years ago. Have you grown, changed, improved, or are you stagnant? Are you the same person you were? Are you stuck? Are you still circling that same mountain of those health goals and relationship goals and career goals and you know all these life goals you've had but haven't progressed? You know, and are you going to let that happen in the next five years? You know, the biggest needle mover in our life, the common denominator in the growth of all areas of our life is living more in the word of God, living the word. The fruits of living God's word span all of these areas in our lives that we're trying to improve. And that earnest desire for change 
getting into God's word to understand how to change stirs your holy helper inside of you, that Holy Spirit to help you move in that direction. But remember, growth starts with appetite. We have to be hungry for God's word, hungry to know Jesus and to be more like him. Psalm 107.9 says, For he satisfies the longing soul, and the hungry soul he fills with good things. When I went to Jesus camp, when I go to Jesus camp, I always go with a big appetite. And I got what I came for this year, like I always do. But it was just so much more profound because of the experience with my fleshly appetite, you know, that I'm dealing with. In John 4.34, it tells us that Jesus said, My food is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. I went to Jesus camp to fill up on Jesus, and that's what I did. I indulged in the delights of the word. I drank in the worship music. I digested sound teaching. I poured in prayer, and I tasted the love of new sisters. It was a feast, an absolute delicious, wonderful feast, better than all of the cheese and the bread and the gluten-free brownies. Psalm 34, 8 says, Taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the one who takes refuge in him. So I would ask you, my friend, the bottom line lesson and just the takeaway that I want you to get from today and the takeaway that I took from Jesus camp is how hungry are you for God's word? What is your appetite? Are you spiritually nourished? Do you think about the Lord getting into his word as much as you do about your food and your diet and and what you're eating and what you're not eating and what your neighbor is eating and all of these things? Because if you're not thinking about God that much, it's time to shift. It's time to shift those appetites and you will be blessed. Thank you so much for listening, my friend. I hope you have a healthy and blessed week, and I will talk to you soon. Hi, everyone. Remember that my mom is an awesome nutritionist, but she's not a doctor. The information in this podcast is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent disease. Always talk to your doctor before making changes to your nutrition or exercise program. Thanks for listening. Have a healthy and blessed week.